1: of the world, Steve Fingerstiles!
0: So, welcome to another rendition of The Podcast. I am here once again, always again, and brought to you by First World Collectibles. If you're into nerd culture, if you're into sports memorabilia, if you're into wrestling memorabilia, please visit firstworld.ca, use promo code THEPODCAST20. You'll get 20% off. They got everything from comic books to signed wrestling figures, old wrestling magazines, any sports memorabilia you you want, they got it. Best thing is they update daily. Even better, they ship worldwide. So please visit them at firstrow.ca. If you're into video games and books, please visit bossfightbooks.com for great books on classic video games. You'll find titles like Silent Hill 2, Resident Evil, NBA Jam, and so many others. Everything you see on their websites available in paperback or ebook format. So please check them out at bossfightbooks.com. If you're looking for the best supplements and CBD products, visit LegacySubs.com. Use promo code THEPODCAST to receive 10% off. They got everything from sleep aid to muscle building, anything that makes you feel great and makes you look great. They got it. They are Legacy Sports Nutrition at LegacySubs.com. And if you want to support me directly, you can visit my merchandise store at tpublic.com or scroll down on today's device in the description. It's embedded right there. Click on that link takes you right to the merchandise store. I got everything from hoodies to t-shirts to travel mugs. Anything you need or want, it is there. But the most important thing, the easiest thing, the best thing to do to support the show is rate, subscribe, review on all major platforms. Most specifically, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. So this week, I am joined by a videographer, editor, creative director, and a podcaster. He is the co-founder and co-owner of Post Wrestling, the man, the myth, the legend, Waiting
2: Hey Steve, what's going on? It's been a while I feel since I've been on the podcast and um, I'm, I'm really glad we could make this work. It's always fun.
0: No, most definitely. And before we go any further, we are also joined by a second gentleman who also works for Post Wrestling, oddly enough. He is the host of Shot in the Dark on the newly renamed Poison Rana feed... The man who watches all the wrestling, so you don't have to, John Sino. What's up, Steve? What's up, fellas? Uh, thank you for having me again on this
3: show. It feels like I just saw you. It feels like I was just driving around downtown Toronto with
0: you, and here we are. I know, right? And lastly, we are also joined, and definitely not leastly, if that's even a word, he is a former TNA World Tag Team Champion, which you can catch each and every week doing his thing in Impact Wrestling. Professional wrestler, crazy Steve.
4: Greetings and salutations, gentlemen. Happy to be here.
0: No, thank you, each and every one of you, for being here. Okay, I've never, I don't think I've ever done a four way, so this might be a first. So I don't know how to navigate through these avenues. I'm used to doing like one on ones or maybe even threesomes every once in a while, but four way, this is new territory for me. So you guys are going to have to help me out throughout the show, all right? Click that. We'll, just, we'll
4: be gentle. I will be gentle. <laughs> it's my first time as well. No worries.
0: <laughs> That's great. Well, speaking of first times, you were just here in Toronto recently. John Cena. it was your first time. Quickly, how was that experience? How did you... How did Toronto live up to to its name, I guess? I, I loved it. I mean, I had the, the greatest, like, uh,
3: tour host with yourself, like, from the arrival and, and leaving the, the airport, and then I had the Thank BDE you. kind of show me downtown. It was great. It was like the combination of all the different cities in the world all in walking vicinity and everything was just so beautiful it has yeah, been called like a mini new york and i can see that but everything just felt, felt such more like intimate and nicer
0: no i could see that being a resident here Wade, do you think uh, he's correct because i sort of have the, the opposite because i was telling you know a lot of bad things about toronto <laughs>
2: <laughs> really like what i mean okay well just to answer that um I I, I'm often curious about maybe what a New Yorker's opinion of Toronto would be because, like you said, a lot of people compare our city to New York but being a smaller version of it. So if if I'm from New York, I'm thinking, well, what reason do I really have to go to a smaller version of the place I'm already from? Um, I, I like the word intimate that tends to be the word uh people you know <laughs> tend to use if, if if the house is not that full uh it's a very nice intimate setting that we have tonight so i like that word for our city nice and intimate
0: no and to stay on the topic of wrestling we are a crazy wrestling town you went to, to aew obviously and how was that experience dealing with the toronto because again seeing it on tv it's one thing but being there live in the toronto audience what, what were your thoughts yeah I
3: mean- some hot Brooklyn shows, some hot Chicago shows. It was very similar. Like, you know, we could tell your hardcore wrestling towns. A lot of the same fans, like I would see at both of those towns as well. So definitely brought the energy and I feel like that Coca-Cola Coliseum was very small and again, intimate and it made just like the noise just kind of all hit you in the face, which was really enjoyable.
0: No, that's awesome to hear. And Steve, as a performer yourself, is Toronto one of your top five cities to always perform in? Um, uh-uh
4: it's been man it's been a minute since i've been there it's been actually several years since i've been uh since i've performed in toronto anyway sure. but i always have fond memories of going there yeah yeah it's like it has been it's been quite a while on and like like before COVID, obviously right so like independent days we're talking um wow. that being said like impact just announced in march we're coming to canada we'll be in windsor Very in cool. march but i'm hoping that that opens up the doors to start traveling a little bit closer and get into toronto because i would love 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 to see impact do a show in toronto mm-hmm.
0: yeah because you guys used to run toronto a lot back in the day like i would remember what, what's that place down on uh, what is it cherry beach way what, what's that uh, facility called there uh rebel I yes believe. that's
2: like, it is it is it rebel
0: now i don't yeah, know It uh, they yeah, change their yeah. name like every six months that's why i'm, I'm always <laughs> i have no yeah. idea <laughs> But yeah, they used to run yeah. there all the time, and that was a great venue. And well, speaking of great runs and doing their things, way congratulations to you and the Pulse family. Five years of doing your thing, and it all culminated in Newark during the Full Gear weekend. How was that whole experience dealing with the fans and the listeners and going to a live event afterwards as well?
2: i mean it, it was honestly amazing um like like many people uh, we we've been pretty you know sequestered over here since covid so it was our, our first real work trip since everything um since wrestle kingdom in 2020 actually oh, was the last one so we kind of bookmarked it um like really nicely i would say you know with that trip and then um just for the first time i would say this time around being able to meet so many people that we've become a lot closer with working on the website, people like Sino, uh, whom we've met before, but you know, sure. like there are people beyond him. Uh, we, we, we were able to just have everybody come into. Um, so that was amazing. Um, we, you know, got to spend maybe a bit of a Friday, um, in a very cold New York city, just walking around eating some pasta <laughs> awesome. and, uh, you know, taking in some sights. Uh, so that was awesome. But the show on top of it, full gear, I thought was a really excellent live experience and getting to sit with all these guys watching a wrestling show. Right. I mean, I'm used to sitting here with, you know, in front of my computer watching all by myself. <laughs> um, so being able to do that with a bunch of people that I I've, I've met online, it was in a way, in a way, the highlight, you know, was watching the, the show with those guys.
0: And you know what? I think that's what's missing. Cause I, I, I didn't even realize it until you guys. Started putting on shows even with Brayden doing his thing with Up Next and having those gatherings. Like I went to a recent smash show and then afterwards they aired Full Gear as well. But they're also doing that during Royal Rumble weekend. And it's like, why didn't we have this like growing up? Because even during the Attitude Era when it was at its peak, you know how much money they would have made?
2: Uh, completely absolutely no wrestling is like and i think maybe sports in general you can obviously enjoy it a whole lot like watching at home but it's so different when you're watching with a bunch of other people whether it be in a live arena or you know via a watch party somewhere um we had maybe a lot of us like you you don't tell me so you know like i feel like a, when when um covid happened maybe a lot of people like were missing that In person, so they they kind of went online to find that community to talk about their professional wrestling uh, loves and and their opinions with with people. In some cases, doing some watch parties, and you know, you kind of get closer with people that way. No, absolutely, and like like you just mentioned meeting all these people for the first time in
3: in New York, it felt like. This whole pandemic, we were like in this like school together, just all kind of getting to know each other, not being in the same classroom. And then like at the end of it, it's like this is the graduation and you finally get to meet like all these people for the first time. And it just so like you're meeting people you really got close to in the last couple of years. So it definitely definitely is a very interesting scenario. I don't think I could have like pictured if you would have told me like 10 years ago, we're going to have these couple of years where you have to kind of like learn how to like socialize again. It's it's, it's pretty, you know,
0: crazy to think of. No, most definitely. And for you as a performer, Steve, how was all that transitioning from being from the lockdowns back into the like the live audiences?
4: It was a breath of fresh air. By God, when we were finally allowed to have fans back in the building, it was like I couldn't. Yeah, like a breath of fresh air because then the atmosphere is back, right?
0: That's true too. Um,
4: but then, like. I'll say this though, like you look back on it now and as a performer, we are, and I speak on like every professional wrestler who performed during COVID, <clears throat> we as professional wrestlers are like the, the only, I would assume the only generation that's ever had to do that mm. to like continue on and perform
0: True.
4: in front of nobody as if, <laughs> you know, like from every company. It never ever has that happened before and we've lived and I hope we never have to repeat that, but it's really quite amazing when you think about it like the lineage of pro wrestling and then there's this small pocket of like as far as terms of the entire lineage of professional wrestling, there's a small pocket of human beings who had to, to do professional wrestling but in front of absolutely nobody. So, It's Whoa. really quite interesting. No, and on Steve's point, it's crazy to think you're going to have, like, a whole class of wrestlers
3: that were trained during this era. They literally had to learn how to wrestle in front of nobody, which is, like, remarkable to think. Like, in a couple of years, you're going to have people from, you know, the Thunderdome or the empty arena um, era of wrestling that came up with that. It's just crazy to think.
2: Were there any lessons or, or, or things you, you might, might have taken away from that whole period that you still use today?
4: Um... Hmm. I don't know. I don't think so. Like, I mean, for one, like, as far as like, COVID outside of wrestling was concerned, I myself, I was very fortunate. Like, my family and everybody was healthy, and, like, there was no, you know... I, I ended up working for Impact during COVID, so even, like, worrying about a job was not necessarily in my cards. And again, like, I'm very grateful for all that. I understand, like, that's... I'm one of few who, who had that experience. So, but when it came to performing uh, during COVID like the experience was one it's it's like wrestling is already painful enough as it is but like in front of nobody it just sucks so much more (laughs) because again there's no atmosphere right there's absolutely no atmosphere whatsoever Um, and so it's but but I, I had been wrestling, like, this year, I was celebrating my 20th year in wrestling, so wow. it, this, what I was asked to do in front of nobody still came as, like, natural to me, if that makes sense, whereas you've seen there, like, it, what it did, like, um, for some of the younger talent who, who had to, to to do what we were asked to do, you could tell that, like, it was challenging in the sense of like if, if they messed up a spot or something they had the opportunity to stop so we could reset cameras and like do whatever and that's all well and good in front of nobody because you can shoot it like a movie um whereas myself i like and there was a, a bunch of us who who all made like a point of a pride almost to be like i don't want those cameras to ever stop because to me i'm still performing in front of thousands of people like when i was training the lesson that Eric Young told me, was like, hey, the way you wrestle in this little tiny gym is the way I want you to wrestle in front of a crowd of 50,000 people. Smart. So that when you're in front of a crowd of that big, it's not going to affect you because you will have been doing this from day one. And so that's essentially what I was doing. It was just kind of not, not going through the motions, but it built into me to perform how I would always perform, regardless. So. Amazing. But it definitely definitely hurt a lot more <laughs> and like it wasn't it wasn't like fun i don't know if that's the best way of putting it it wasn't completely miserable it was ridiculous and oftentimes but it uh were, were, the, the, were there the any difference that the fans make is you know
2: were there any thoughts in, in, in altering your style for for that sort of crowd because like you know the, like watching a lot of the wrestling at the time it felt like um the technical wrestling was was maybe a bit more um i guess successful in in those sort of environments
4: Well, Dude, ROH did that, and I thought they did it really, really well. I think it was the pure tournament tournament that was going on. Yeah, I really enjoyed watching that when it was going on because of how they treated it. And then I, uh, despite what I would have liked to have done or or thoughts I would have had, like you're asked to do a certain thing, so you just go out and do it, right? So um, I think it gave it gave everybody opportunities to do something different with, uh, if they, if they chose to do it that way. Like I know for us, we went a different route, route than ring of honor in the sense of like, if you wanted that, it was there, but like we also had wrestle house going on at the same time. Yes. So it gave the writers to do something completely ridiculous and <laughs> outside the box. And so, and like that was, I have great memories of that. It was ridiculous and whatnot, but it was fun. So,
0: yeah, because the last time we talked, you weren't signed to Impact yet. And speaking of being different, what have been some of the differences from your first run to your current run in Impact? Um, well,
4: I mean, I guess... It, it, every, it's it's always changing, but it's always the same, I guess, in that sense. Like, the fact that it's always changing means it's always the same. So, like, the locker room definitely has changed. I've seen a bunch of people come and go. and That's true. Um, the, the one... Challenging thing I will say I have You know the writers always like that's such A thankless job
1: women wrestling <laughs> And uh, it doesn't matter What they write whether it's good if it's good
4: Then the wrestler gets praised for it but if it's bad Then the writers get blamed for it of course. So, so <laughs> <laughs> um, But what I will Say is like the big challenge For I would assume Almost any roster during mm. that time Was the fact that like the writers would spend all this time Writing shows and then You'd get two tvs and like four or five dudes would have covid
1: so then it was like okay well
4: now we got it like they had to go home and like now we gotta like figure out the rest of the month's worth of tvs with a completely new plan that we are like they none of them none of them got any sleep during COVID. not one writer on our team got any sleep during covid and like i would see a couple of them outside of the show or whatnot like at the bar afterwards and I would talk to them but I would always preference it with saying like look I realize <laughs> I'm not talking to the real you right now I realize I'm talking to a person who hasn't slept <laughs> in all week and whatever whatever so but yeah like that part there that was the real that was a real challenge for sure
0: oh well, that's so cool to hear and I guess well not cool for the writers but yeah that again the show must go on as they say and now, you've reformed with Decay since you've been back and all that fun stuff. How about this? I don't want to ask you your dream-type scenario, but if you could bring anyone out of retirement to be back in their prime to join Decay, who would you choose? <laughs> that's like Everyone right now is yelling, if he doesn't say abyss, uh, this, this podcast off right now. That's too that's recent, though. Let's go further back.
4: Ah. <laughs> uh, Anyone out of their prime? Yeah, and bring them back. uh Jake Roberts, man. Oh,
0: that's a good one.
4: I just I've been watching a bunch of his promos recently, and like, right. oh, it's just so good, so so good. And like, he was you. If it dream scenario, let's say dream scenario, like you do bring him back, but he's healthy. You know what I mean? Of course. You know. Um yeah, that would be that's the one that just comes off the top of my head right now. So but that'd be That'd be awesome.
0: You know what? He's always on the top of my list of those guys who never won the world championship. And it's so sad to hear, because I've been, I, I don't know why I, oh, it's because I ended up catching COVID a few weeks ago. So while I was sick, all I was watching was all these old wrestling docs and catching up on all the vice stuff and, and like that. So I watched the episode on the ultimate warrior one. And I saw how Jake Roberts was supposed to get that push after the warrior and become world champion. I was just like, Oh my Now knowing that it's like, that hurts even more.
4: I always thought like jake was somebody who had the character strong enough that he didn't need a title you paid that's attention too, too. to whatever he was doing anyway but then there's this visual of like jake roberts alone cutting a promo with like damien slithering all over the title <laughs> that i had in my head and i'm like yeah no that'd be really awesome too i i would still pay money to see that as well so um uh, yeah, i agree i mean like piper is the same one Rick that's Rude, another good you one know, mr perfect yep like All of these guys never held the world championship. And again, the same argument could be made like they were all captivating characters. So did they really need the title? Or like I mean, like you can think of, like I said, with the Jake thing, like you could think of many scenarios with Piper or Perfect or Rick Rude. Any of those guys would look awesome with the world title. So it's what what could have been, you mean?
2: It was. It was also an era where I think, um, because guys that good never had the title, whoever did have the title, you respected that much more. You mm. know, um, at, at least as you know the, the focal point of a company because um, winning it was was that special. Because guys who were as good as a Piper or a Hennig never got
0: it. Well, this is a, a discussion, yeah, a really and this is a discussion I've always wanted to have with people as well. It's like becoming a champion is all predetermined. Now, should we rank wrestlers as many belts as they win, or for their actually in-ring work? Because those are two totally different things. Like, you know what I mean?
2: To me, it's always in-ring work. I mean, obviously, um, when 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 you know people retire or 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 whatever, like one of the first things is like you know x x amount of times champion. Exactly. To me, though. To me, though, like the the amount of championships a person has had throughout their career only kind of ideally would signifies how much time they've had in a lead position as a part of that TV show. Um, It's probably the clearest indicator, at least traditionally, of, you know, a person being the the, the leading (laughs) act uh, of a product. But it's not always the case anymore you know Um, and I don't certainly don't think it's the full story Um, but it's probably the clearest uh, you know indicator but that's certainly not how I I judge whether or not a career was great
0: yeah what about you Sino are you entering or are you just solely for the gold my friend
3: in-ring because like whenever we talk about like our favorite moments when always talk about the matches we don't say like so-and-so's title reign like yeah that's mentioned more like in a commentary sense, from like Michael Cole might mention it but we never talk sure.
1: about their amazing title reign or how many titles they've had ex- the exception of a couple
0: names so I think definitely in-ring um is what I would qualify see because this is going to come down after later in our conversation because I want to end off with like our top like picks of the year and stuff and a lot of people are putting reigns on that list as the best male performer, but it's like, but his in-ring isn't on part to say someone like who's killing it in Impact, like Mike Bailey, who's I think had a phenomenal year, and he's he's not a world champion, but is he going to be on anyone's list? Probably not, right?
3: I, I feel like that notion started with like the PWI, the way they rank their 500 is usually by like title reigns and titles that they've had. So because of that, I think people have this misconception of title reigns or you know the belts that you held
2: being uh, higher ranking than actual actual ring work right but is in in ring work the only barometer for you know how great a wrestler is um, or is it about how much money that person theoretically drew for um, and
0: that's another you know,
2: one uh, subscription. Like everybody, that's what makes this topic so interesting. Unless you have specific qualifications for why somebody is the best, um, it's uh, it, there are so many variances.
0: And that's the thing about pro wrestling, and that's what people gravitate towards in-ring, people gravitate towards the shenanigans, the promos, like, you know what I mean? So, it's true. Like, we just brought up Jake the Snake, like, you know what I mean? His promos were fantastic, but he wasn't a body guy if that's on someone's list, like, because some people rate wrestlers, they gotta have the the body too, right? So, there's, like, so much criteria. It's so true. It's whatever you're into, and I think that's what makes wrestling great, in my opinion.
2: Yeah. Even, like, you know, when you're talking about the Oscars and, like, the best actor Oscar, like, I mean, I feel like that's a bit more easy to 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 compare and contrast you know you're not talking about the biggest box office you're talking about pure like the pure kind of technical act of acting and you're able to judge all of those things right when you're talking about best wrestler being a wrestler encompasses so much you know yes it could be the in-ring but it could be also promos it could also be just again just how big of a draw you are um could be the effect that you have in the mainstream um could be your life outside of, of the ring I, I mean i don't know it, it's that's just true, we have to define things a little bit more but ultimately it's what we're, what we're talking about is who was your favorite wrestler of the year i guess
0: well yeah that's true and as being a wrestler yourself steve how do you want to be perceived as when people are so-called ranking you <laughs> oh dude i don't care i don't care because it's
4: not <laughs> nothing like that's all that's up to you the reality is like if you're going to rank me for how many titles I won, then I'm probably not going to be high on the list. But the reality is I wasn't, I didn't have the choice in how many titles I won or lost.
0: That's what I'm saying. Exactly.
4: Because I, I didn't win anything. <laughs> it's it somebody else's choice to say I won on that person there. And they can have whatever reasons they want. And like, it's wrestling. So it's so subjective that it, everything is justified, right? Like, I mean, you could be like the smartest of wrestling fans and know everything about wrestling in every country that it's in, and you could have you know, Bandito could be your favorite wrestler because you know all of these matches. But then you go to a twelve-year-old kid who's like, "No, I like Kane." <laughs>
1: right? Well,
4: the <laughs> still right. Kid, you kid's not wrong. Nope. K- Kane's the best wrestler then. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it. Like if you if you want to have a if you want specific answers or answers in general then like having some sort of like um uh criteria is needed right but otherwise wrestling it's open to everybody you know I mean
0: no for sure most definitely and again going back to the docs have you guys been entertained with any of the recent docs that have been dropped on vice or anywhere or even on the wwe network wherever you could find anything Was the uh, the Teddy Hart one? Oh shit! Um, okay. Yeah. How was that it was, one? It was, it was very interesting. Like I, I knew some about Teddy, right. but
3: not everything. So uh, it was really eye opening. I, I like how they even like committed one episode entirely to like the Speak It Out movement, which I didn't expect to be covered on WWE produced oh, documentary. Wow. Right. Um, I learned a lot about like just Teddy's upbringing, his family. I didn't realize the story with his brother. Like there was a lot that, like, I learned, to kind of made me understand him a little better. Not, like, saying, like, I'm siding with him, but, like, it just made me kind of, like, jump in his head for, you know, what he went through and
2: possibly did what, what he did or was accused of in this uh, documentary. Well, wow. Yeah, um, I've had a newborn at home, so I've not watched anything, <laughs> unfortunately. Um, Have you been watching uh, Bluey or, or The Wiggles? Or- <laughs> He's a bit too young for that. He's right now. He's staring at like black and white cards, like just like of like they're kind of almost like Rorschach paintings. But like
1: (laughs) you know,
2: he's been getting his uh, entertainment through that.
0: So, well, how about some (laughs) of your favorite of all time that you've watched over the years?
2: Mm, Okay, Um, well, uh, obviously, Wrestling with Shadows, um, you know, Beyond the Mat. Those are sort of like the two, like. You know, people always kind of discuss.
4: Right.
2: I mean, I I think Dark Side of the Ring was fantastic. You know, and and this kind of felt like it was a year where, did, like, did they have a season this year?
4: Well, was,
2: no, no, right? It was I, end I of last like year. It was I kind think. of lacking. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they they they're doing tales uh, uh from the territories. That's but, um, what they're doing. Now, I, I, yes. I almost felt felt like I I didn't I haven't really got my fix of like you know weekly scandal that was just <laughs> like unearthed in the wrestling community. Um, yeah, those guys do a tremendous job. Um, what else, what else have, what else, what, why don't you guys throw, throw some, some names in. How about you, Steve? I'm curious as a, as a wrestler, like what, you know, what, 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 what are you interested in? Yeah.
4: Um, it's, thought so my life was like, kind of is revolved around wrestling. So I'm home. I'm not, I don't consume it as much as I did, but I will say like, I was, I'm not, I'm unlike you. I'm not a fan of the dark side of the rings. Uh, only because like, at the end of at the end of the day they just paint wrestling in a terrible light, oh. and, and then like it's no one ever wants to hear like I'm really ready for like side. Bobby Eaton's bright side of the ring. You know I mean? <laughs> I'm really ready for that because like I'm ready for bright side of the ring brought to you by Heath because Heath's awesome, right? Like there's <laughs> there's so many of those good stories too. Sure. Um, whereas dark side, I know like I've. I've seen all the episodes, but I really didn't. Like, at the end of the day, they were always negative. And if that's all you really watch in pro wrestling as the general viewer of television, then like maybe that's your outlook of it. And I really don't want that Mm. to be the outlook for the general viewer. Not to mention that they brought in like friends of mine on the show, Uh. had them say what they said, and then edit it to make them sound bad. And then they get me too. That's bullshit. You know like that's bullshit yep. and so I have I like that is it, i I really have a problem with that um that being said, they pivoted and they're now doing territories of the ring and um so I have seen a bunch of those, and that is a different vibe it's the, the same it's structured in the same way and it's filmed in the same way um but the stories are a lot more positive and they you know, they go into the history of it and it's it kind of paints uh, it paints wrestling in more of a golden light than it does with dark side of the room.
0: Yeah, I know. And I agree. And I love the aspect where they bring in at least like four or five of the people who were in those territories to speak about it. So they're all there reminiscing telling story. So when you hear the crazy stories from AWA and CFW of people trying to jump out of planes and shit, it's them laughing, even though it's sort of something dark, but it's like, no, they're just reminiscing. And it's, it's, it feels more upbeat almost. Oh, yeah. It's definitely crazy
4: because that's like that's part of the part of the of pro wrestling. At least one of them, right? So it's definitely out there because that because wrestling was crazy and it was out there back then. So, um, but again, it just doesn't deal with some of the really darker sides. Exactly that you know the dark side did deal with. So that's just my personal take on it.
0: I'm going to throw one in there. This is way back. This is because again, I'm sure again most of us. Grew up on it, ECW, the rise and fall of ECW. When that first came out, oh man, that was my little introduction into wrestling docs, and then it was just game over from there. It was there was probably
4: one of the best times they've ever they were, done. Yeah, but it was like top selling. It was top selling
0: DVD. That was the reason for One Night Stand. That's right,
4: because it was the top selling uh, DVD, and then they then they went full bore. Well, they might have been doing it beforehand, but I remember like. All the collectors of like then they had the Paul Heyman story, then they had like Jericho had a three disc thing, Steamboat had a two disc thing, Eden yeah, had, a thing, yep. uh, Flare had a thing, Flair had two two separate three disc <laughs> <of> collectors <laughs> edition deals. Like they went crazy. That I I as a like somebody who was in the business when that shit was coming out, like I gobbled all of that up because it was right? all just like awesome, great matches. Like, just for study material, oh, my gosh. Yeah, I got
0: everything I can get my hands on. So I wonder, again, as a performer, do you enjoy post kayfabe era, or would you rather have it, like, back in the day where everything was so secretive?
4: No, I, like, but, so, I would rather be so secretive. Um, that was the magic for me, like, oh, when okay. I grew up in wrestling. Like, that was part of the magic, because that I didn't know. I looked forward to watching Monday Night Raw, based on the fact that like you never knew what was going to happen. You had your ideas and you speculated but you never really knew. Whereas now if you know that sometimes that's a really good thing because it can create buzz and people get excited like dude, so and so's gone and they are com- they're coming. They are coming and it's just a matter of time and <laughs> like so that sort of thing I can see the appeal of that for sure. But I think at the end of the day I just I love the mystery about it and then you know if the payoff was great then you like it was that much more better because you had no idea it was coming. Like um, I had no idea Jericho was gonna be when when he was coming to WWE. Like right. I knew the countdown clock thing, but I didn't have a computer when I was a, a kid. I still don't own a computer now except for my phone. Oh well, shit! Um, <laughs> but yeah, dude, I'm so I'm so much better for it. Uh, <laughs> But that being said, it kept me away from a lot of, like, spoilers and stuff like that. Right. So think about that, like, the pop he got in Chicago when That's he crazy. came out, when that Titantron said Jericho. Yeah. And, like, watching that at home, I like, I got goosebumps now just because I'm reliving it because it was – I had no idea. So it it wasn't tainted for me, whereas now, like – you know,
0: like there's some movies where I, I'm really excited for, but then the trailer comes out and it spoils everything, and I'm like, oh, oh I I'm stay still away
4: gonna go from that. You, 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 yeah. you still got my money, but I I wish I hadn't seen that. <laughs> so I'm just I'm the wrestling fan who likes the surprise yeah, and too. not knowing, as opposed to uh, the fan who's like, no, I would rather know
0: no i i'm exactly like you like uh, to me the best times in wrestling were those surprises were it's like this and that's what i think was missing from the product so to speak was that competition where you cared if people jumped ship like now everyone cares if someone shows but again the internet ruins it like as of this recording we all know william regal got written off from AEW, and already wwe bound like imagine if no one knew and then he just showed up on nxt again out of nowhere right
2: but is that isn't that something you can manage yourself?
4: Like you don't you don't. It's have to,
0: hard though. Oh, wait, come on, man. Like, especially if you know people and like, um, what are you gonna you do? Can, block can, everyone? You like, it.
4: you can you can manage it for only so long. But as a yeah. performer, you can't. You know what I mean? Like, oh, even that. We that's can true. keep our mouths shut for for as much as we want and not tell a soul. But but if it gets out on the line, then like that could ruin a bunch of stuff. You know what I mean like? Right. Uh, you know I mean, like, so like manageable from a viewing standpoint for sure. I could, if I don't want to see the latest trailer for whatever oh, movie, yeah. then I can I can do that's that true. on my own. But from a performer standpoint, if I don't want it to get out what my next like match or whatever is, I'm not fully in control of that, unfortunately. Right.
0: No, that's crazy to hear, and. Well, speaking of, like, William Regan and all that, that's a big story this year, him first going there, now leaving again, the Triple H era, obviously the whole CM Punk stuff that's going on. What are your some of your top stories, or even you, Wei, obviously reporting on this throughout the year, that still stand out, that are, like, top ones from 2022?
2: Well, I mean, like, I think the story, um, and maybe, like the story of not just the year, but you know, the decade, and maybe even beyond, is, is Vince McMahon no longer being a part of the WWE? There you go. Um, that's something that has incredible ramifications that, um, you know, are, are still probably uh, we're in the midst of like a bit of a transitional period still trying to figure out um, what, what this company exactly is going to end up looking like without that man in charge. How is the industry going to look without um, his vision really dominating? so much of it you know um how are other companies going to be affected by uh, a different person's philosophy on hiring of talent for instance um so that that is definitely going to be uh, by far the biggest story of the year and and maybe even beyond
0: do you think he's either still involved or will ever come back
2: <sighs> never say never <laughs>
0: Honestly, <laughs> it is wrestling right
2: Jeez. <laughs> Who would have expected like the amount of change to happen this year? That, that and how that, fast that too? So, yeah. Um. Again, you you can really never say never.
0: And as a person now who reports a lot about WWE, do you enjoy the product now that it's with Vince McMahon and it's Triple H?
2: I, you know, it definitely has its ups, ups and downs, but in general I am, you know, uh, certainly I, I think in the immediate aftermath of, I would say maybe SummerSlam and beyond, you've got to see some, you know, very positive changes. I think among the things that they've done really well under Paula Beck is, um, putting a lot more value into the secondary championships, um, you know, both the U S and also with, uh, Gunther holding the IC title on SmackDown. I think they've done a great job with the, with those, um, but the show still has a lot of, I think, its crutches and faults. You know that that sure. uh, we've criticized, especially the the past week that we we just watched it at the top of this recording. It felt very much like a, like a traditional Vince style of uh, WWE. Um, I I, I think Paul Levesque, you know, has a lot of good qualities. He seems to have his a uh, sort of like, you know, eye on the pulse of like what the what the modern viewer wants. Right. Maybe a bit better than Vince, um, but. Long term, you know, that's going to be a big challenge. And I think already maybe some cracks are being shown in, in that he, he's he's relied a lot on like, you know, bringing people back for that immediate reaction. But, um, uh, I, I, I you know, we, we, we shall see if like, you know, every single one of, the, one of those people will have a significant role or if they're just, you know, one night only sort of like big reactions.
0: Yeah, most definitely. Encino, how how have you noticed the difference? Because you watch the more up-and-coming shows. Has there been a difference even in in that sort of viewing pleasure now?
3: Yeah, absolutely. And actually, like, I'm glad that other people are recognizing this, but, like, the show main event that airs, like, weekly that nobody talks about, all of a sudden, like, I've been hearing, like, Corey Gray's mentioned it on his podcast, and I think Andrew Thompson on the NWA podcast actually, like, taking note of how this show has become, like, its own little show. Like, kind of like Saturday Morning Slam, like, that type of vibe as far as, like, backstage storylines. Kind of like an episode of like, saved by the bell, but, like, for an event. Because you have, like, these NXT people, like, weekly coming in and fighting, like, these veterans, like, Dana Brooke and Tamina and uh, Cedric Alexander. And it's, like, you're seeing a new face every week, and then there's, like, in between, there's, like, backstage segments that kind of, like, every week is, like, continuation, It's like, as if you're watching an actual like sitcom in a way so and so, it's like, only two matches and if you cut out all the recap stuff you're only like wasting like 20
4: minutes or so so that's has
3: been like one of my favorites that's definitely changed since um since uh, Hunter took over
0: nice and as a performer and as being on the Impact roster has there been any differences or ramifications of Vince McMahon leaving WWE that you've seen Steve yeah man
4: our roster <laughs> <laughs> right yeah man but, but, uh, but AEW can say the same thing obviously so uh, sure uh, I think, but I mean, and that's not a secret to anybody, honestly. I mean, Vince leaving or retiring, that's definitely the biggest story. Um, and then the, from a performance standpoint, the, you know, it changes everything. But wrestling, again, is it's always changing. Like our, our locker room has always had like kind of a revolving circle. From, yeah. You know, people will be around for a few years and then it's just how it is. It's just how it goes. Um, so it's uh yeah i don't know it's it sucks when it happens because like the people who leave are your friends and like i don't want those people to leave but then (laughs) but then you you it's it's almost like a breakup so like you literally go through like a little bit of depression of like i'm i'm not gonna be on the road with my buddies anymore like it sucks for for that but it's only a moment where that happens and you're like well it's wrestling and then you'll see them down the road somewhere and then you just you carry on right um so I, I would say, like from a perform, uh, you're happy at the same time because it's a it's a good opportunity. Um, but at, but at the same time too, you're like you're sad because like oh, I'm gonna miss my buddies, man. <laughs> yeah,
2: when you definitely. get to shoot some some
4: pretty great sketches on their way
2: out, right?
0: Oh my goodness!
4: Um, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Like you yeah, I mean, um, there is that too. Yeah, yeah. And I the the cool thing <laughs> that I think um, is that that has come is that everybody who has left impact um, from a performer standpoint is like, cause I've had the discussion with them. has said like, we don't like, we don't want to leave. <laughs> like we're well, we having a lot of fun here. That sucks. We're having a lot of fun. And it's, uh, uh, but at the same time, they're like, but we like, uh, it's the responsible thing to do would be to make this decision. And it's all ultimately up to them at the end of the day, but it's good to hear. And it's very like rewarding to hear that. Like, everybody who has left is like, yeah, we, we're having a lot of fun here. <laughs> so I like that. I like hearing that aspect of it too, because it means, you know, obviously we're doing something right. If uh, you know, the performers are, you know, if that decision is difficult in any way because of how much fun they are having where they're working um, that's, that's always going to be a good thing.
0: And yeah, I'm glad you brought it up way. Cause uh, to me, the same thing. Speaking of stories of the year, like EY getting killed off, literally that like, that alone, like I don't know why, like some people are against this, but they do it in movies. Everyone knows wrestling your characters. Why not do it also in wrestling? Like you know, I mean? if you know, I guess you never say never, but if you know he's never going to go back to Impact as a so-called wrestler or as that character, why not kill people off?
4: I mean, Luch Underground did it, about right? It. And that's why I love it them. Wasn't the first time, <laughs> dude, I murdered people on Impact Wrestling. So like, come on now. Um, to, to me, the people who aren't a fan of that, which is fine. Like your your opinion is yours, and that's all well and good. But like, right. like you're you're like you're obviously not in on the joke, or you're not in on that specific thing, and that's not your cup of tea. Then so be it. But if your thing is like really good wrestling, or if, be it technical or high flying, we have that on the show too. Or if we don't have it, then it's somewhere else on the wrestling world. I promise you, because there's so much wrestling to be consumed. So I mean, you know. <laughs> But I like the fact that, like, even if you don't like it, at least we're trying something different. Thank you. You mean?
0: Yeah.
4: You know, like, maybe it doesn't work for you. and Maybe it doesn't stick. I. That's cool. That's up to you. Your job is to critique. Our job is to create. So we're going to continue to do our thing, and you, as the rest thing viewer and fan, are always going to continue to do your thing. And like, it goes both ways, and it works. You know, without you, there is no us. But at the end of the day, our job is to, to create things, you know, so, you know, far be it for us to try and, you know, <laughs> think outside the box or color outside the lines.
0: No, of course. To, well to
4: me,
2: to me, when I watch professional wrestling, and if I'm judging professional wrestling, I mean, I, I really feel like the in-ring is only one small aspect. I mean, I don't want to say small. Sometimes it could be very big, depending well, on whether or not it's it's the selling point of, of the thing but like I, I i watch to be entertained i watch for creativity i watch for performance and you you know like a, a sketch like like we saw um you know in uh, in uh, eric young getting killed off I, I mean i thought it had a lot of those qualities so like if if if, if you could tell the creators are doing it with passion mm-hmm. and with with dedication that to me that to be there's always a
4: place for it i also think too like the <sighs> And I'm like, I'm close to this storyline in general because they're all my buddies and whatnot. So, um, but like, if you look, if you like dive deep into it, like the message of it, it's so cool and such an interesting way to pass the torch. As opposed to what we've seen so many other times before where like a new leader amongst the group is going to emerge. So what's he do?
0: He jumps the old leader with a chair from behind
4: (laughs) during a live promo. Happens all the time. Right. In this case here, Eric Young is telling Cody Deaner, our job was to eliminate the sickness. But well, what are you going to do now that I'm telling you that I'm the sickness? You need to eliminate me. Awesome. Like that kind of character arc and that kind of character building is, I think, like rarely seen today. I think like, again, like I think Lucha Underground definitely played within that realm. Yeah um especially from like a uh theatrical standpoint too and how they film things um but in this particular case like what a cool twisted way to pass the torch and like i just i i like hats off to the writers for coming up with that uh because that i don't think that was the original scenario i think there was a different scenario oh, okay. that was going to play on and i don't remember but it was the, the what you got was the better one for sure perfect um, and and the idea of Eric telling him that I'm the sickness and that you have to kill me, you know, and like, ah, it was just chef's kiss. I really enjoyed that little aspect of it. Because again, it's not something you see very often in wrestling and it is pretty twisted. So
0: And that's what I enjoy. I I like the new creative stuff that you don't see. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm all about nostalgia. Like, I still think that's the reason that I solely watch WWE still to this day is to see the old guys come back for one more run or that big pop or the nostalgia factor. Like, you know, there's so much history behind it. So, like, so, to me, I like seeing every once in a while, like, new stuff, like how you said, like, wrestling, even, like, when you were in Wrestler's House, that, again, too, something new, something different, they tried it, like, you know what I mean? Some people liked it, some people didn't, but it it is what it is, and, again, that's what makes professional wrestling so great. You pull from everything. It's a
4: variety of In an era where everything
3: is spoiled online, it's refreshing to see, like, impact kind of retain those cinematic matches, so like, when something like this happens with Eric Young, nobody knows about it until it actually happens and it airs, and I feel like, (laughs) Impact is one of the few companies that you still get that surprise factor because of a lot of the cinematics of the film that nobody sees until
0: it airs on TV. No, that is so true, I didn't even think about it in that aspect, and yeah, and shout out to Cody Diener for doing his thing too, he's come such a long way, former guest of the show too, and love what he's doing now, and hopefully he takes that whole, Violent by design thing to another stratosphere because they have something going, and that's the thing with Impact too. It's like it's like how you said the revolving door. When one leaves, another one steps up, and it's not like you lose a beat. Like look how Josh Alexander became the face of Impact without even stutter stepping. Like you just fit into that mold so greatly. Like it's again then that's how, like you said to the people behind the scenes who are able to pull all this off.
4: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Josh. Josh is a really good example of that too. And um, I, I know for a fact that Cody is super super excited about the the next uh you know adventure or the next chapter in this um so like just talking to him as i do on a on a, almost on a daily basis to be honest with you so right he uh he's super pumped about it and, it, and i'm happy for him because he's a super super talented individual yeah, he who is. uh does d- to have that spy- spotlight on him so now that he's getting that opportunity he's going to take it to his full advantage so it'll be uh it'll be rewarding for everybody himself and the audience too. I, I want to believe.
0: No, that's awesome. man. okay, quickly, before we wrap this up and let you gentlemen go, let's do a quickly best of 2022. Cause I don't think I'm going to be able to talk about wrestling until the next year. So it's going to be outdated after I know it's a little bit early, whatnot. And I talked about it, but let's start off with best or favorite, I guess let's do favorites. Cause best, again, we just talked about that favorite tag team or trios of the year.
2: I like FDR. Um okay. I feel like you know I, I, I'm, I'm only hesitant because I feel like the potential um could have been even bigger than I think uh, what what the than the type of year they actually had um I think this was really their year and, and again, they could have probably even uh, you know what we're recording this at a time when, when they're before they they're actually going for the championships. I but I will say like I feel <laughs> like um, They've just been really clicking uh, both, you know, I mean, in ring, they've always been incredibly talented. But this was the year where I feel like they the audience really started to embrace them and to see them, like, you know, turn into very successful baby faces and being very successful single stars on top of the um, incredible variety. I I, I think of opponents that they've had uh, show stealing matches that they've had and also the ability to work, you know, various different promotions. um, To me, they they are my favorite tag team.
0: Nice. Sino? Yeah, I mean, in-ring, and I'd agree. I'd say FTR.
3: But if we're going to go with my favorite tag team of the year, um, overall, I would have to say the Usos. I feel like um, in-ring, like just everything they do, whether it's backstage, in-ring promo, um, it always entertains whenever they're on the screen. I make sure I put my phone down and pay full attention (laughs) to them. And then, obviously, they're wrestling... It's fantastic, so I feel like the Usos. Like whenever they're on my TV screen, I I, I make sure I give them my full attention. Um, and because of that, like they're my favorite team. Honestly, to watch every
4: single time, never disappoint me. Steve, Briscoes.
0: Oh, yeah, that's a good one. E- easily my favorite. Those. Oh, that's all. It's all biased only because they came to Impact. And they were awesome. <laughs> like they just melted into the locker room. Oh, that's awesome. Um, Uh, and
4: like just super cool right super super cool dudes um uh yeah a lot of good good, they weren't there for a long time but they were there for a good time um, (laughs) and and like and i would make a point to like i don't get to watch a lot of live wrestling right um when i'm at impact uh, so but i would always try and make a point to sneak out and watch their matches um and they always delivered so as far as, like I said, I don't watch a lot of wrestling outside of what I get to see where I'm when I'm working, but sure. um, i, I got to say Briscoe's, for sure.
0: Nice. I'm going to go with strictly entertainment value. I'm going with the acclaimed. Come on. Scissor me daddy. What else has been oh, nice. more over than that this year?
4: <laughs> I like that we all have different choices. Wonderful. Yes. Yeah, but and everyone's right, too. Again. See, that's
0: the thing. That's <laughs> like, the you thing. You
4: know what I mean? like, there's, 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 No, I... You're absolutely right. You, you can't argue that. And the claim have definitely like gotten over with the Sisame Daddy thing has gotten huge in like in this year for sure. So you're a very justified answer. All
0: right, let's go with best female performer of the year or favorite. I,
4: um, I'm going Mickey James.
0: Oh, that's a good one. She yeah, she had a fantastic year.
4: Yes. Yes uh mickey uh, one super awesome fantastic mother fantastic human being uh she's pretty easy on the eyes uh great wrestler she's pretty much got it all like like kind of not for nothing but fuck off mickey save something (laughs) for the rest of us okay (laughs) let's come on all right yeah i gotta say i gotta say mickey james she's she's always a sweetheart whenever you see her like she i don't if she's having a bad day, you don't know it, and uh, and always goes out there and tries to perform to the best of her ability, and and like whoever she's in there with, she wants them to look like megastars. So, um, definitely somebody I respect for sure, and uh, a professional in every sense of the word. There you go. I really
2: like uh, Bianca Belair. You know, she's somebody who I think um, has continued to impress me with how natural she is um in the role of you know essentially the lead um on raw throughout the course of the year um having incredible matches show-stealing performances really you know um on, on on a wrestlemania with becky lynch um their SummerSlam match i remember really enjoying as well and i think in general just like um in ring this incredible like physical performer who just feels more and more confident. Every time I see her on the microphone, I think her confidence has really come across this over this past year as well. And she, to me, is only scratching the surface of what she's capable of.
0: Yeah, I'm going to hop on that bandwagon too. I agree. Bianca Belair just blew me out of the water this year. To see the progression and to literally take, again, passing the torch, taking it and running with it and not missing a beat. And again, everything she does. In-ring, she looks great. She... She's able to cut a promo, everything. It's, she's got the whole package. Yeah, I, I'm going to have to go with Becky Lynch. As, I'm sorry, with uh, Bianca Belair oh, as well. I but I, I want to give a, a shout-out to Jordan Grace. I feel like whenever she's, like, unimpact, on like, she's consistently, like, having great matches
1: she's been a pillar there since like the entire pandemic That's she's true. like never left always kind of like been
3: there as like one of the figureheads and impact um so yeah i would definitely say jordan grace was like definitely up
0: there as like someone i could always like count on having a great match great moment and impact yeah again all great picks now let's move on to favorite male performer of the year we all know it's crazy steve but other than crazy steve who else is there <laughs>
2: <laughs> because you said favorite um I'm gonna go with Sami Zayn. Oh,
0: that's a good one. He to
2: me has been so incredibly consistently entertaining to watch. Every time he appears on screen, you know, no matter how big or small the role, and they've gotten a lot bigger over the course of the the year, um, he just steals it, steals the scene. In ring, we all, we've always known what what the man is capable of. You know, he's quality every single time. But I think it's his. First of all, his great comedic mind That yeah. I think were was really effectively displayed this year But I think it's just like Being really smart about Presentation in all ways He is just a great professional wrestler In every capacity um, And to the point where He's essentially the lead star Of uh, Smackdown right now Yes, Roman Reigns has the belt But Roman Reigns isn't on the show half the time I know The audience's attention is with Sami Zayn The story revolves around Sami Zayn um, he to me has definitely earned my role as favorite wrestler of the year.
0: That's a good one. I didn't even think of him. I should have. He's definitely top five for sure. I'll throw in. I'm going to go with Jericho, just because again, this man recreating himself, an- another world title under his belt. Like he uh, could adapt to any situation. Obviously, his in ring is still great. He's still able to go. So, and obviously now you see how he's able to help the younger talent in AEW by bringing out having all these factions like again f- fantastic stuff all, all all the way around with chris jericho this year um my favorite i'm gonna have to go with
2: mjf i feel okay. like whatever he does whether it's a match that he has or he, an entering
3: segment it's always a talking point it's always a moment like every single thing he does i feel like it's like a big footprint in like his whole um run in wrestling so i feel like because of that like whenever you know he's doing something. You just kind of have to stop again. Like what I said early with the Uso's. It's one, another one of those like wrestlers where it's like everything he does is very important to me, and, and it's going to be a talking point for the next until
4: his next moment, basically. Uh, so I got. It's, I don't know. This one's tough. There's too many because like I, I watch know. wrestling for various reasons, right? So, uh, I will say again. I don't get to watch a lot of live professional wrestling. But I have managed to, mostly because this guy wrestles last all the time, I managed to kill and catch his matches, and that's Josh Alexander. Of course. Um, And so getting to see, one, live wrestling, I'm watching the performances putting on, but I'm also, I'm literally in the audience, so I get to feel what they're feeling and hear how they're reacting and stuff like that. So that's been really, really cool to experience, um, because I don't get to do it very often anymore. But a lot of my picks have been impact related. Um, so I will branch outside and I will say someone who makes me uh, pay attention and and go out of my way to watch when they are on television is definitely MJF.
0: Mm. Somebody
4: who like from a promo standpoint or a match or something, um, always somebody who I will go out of my way to watch uh, because I know it's going to be entertaining. I know it's going to be well done. Um, because it's uh he's one of those consistencies, right? He's a consistent, Um so always somebody who has my interest, um, and obviously for good reason, I think. So that there's my pick outside of impact.
0: No, that's and again, you're you're fair picking Josh Alexander because he's had another fantastic year. Like you know what I mean. Even though he is considered two time, but whatever that first ring was nothing. But what he's done after that, it's it's great and. Go back and listen to a cheap plug of past episode where I did have him on when he was still the X-Division champion, so before his title reign. So go check that out if you so want to. And how about this? We'll end off with this one. Favorite promotion of the year? To me, me it's twofold. I'm going to go the first six months AEW, the last six months WWE.
2: You can't – I mean, that's, that's not a choice. You got to pick one. Okay, then I'll go with
0: Impact. How about that?
2: <laughs> I like that logic. Um, I think despite everything, I totally agree with your assessment, Steve, Steve um, about maybe the first half belonging to AEW and the second half just, you know – a lot of problems, really. And, and I think you're ending the year off with a lot more maybe negativity towards the brand yeah. and, and a lot more criticism from to Tony Khan than, than we've ever seen throughout AEW's history. Uh, but despite all that, I think Dynamite is still a very consistently high-quality show. Their pay-per-views are fantastic, usually, as well. And I think for the most part, like even though if it, it were, we're not ending the year off as positively as I think we were last year with this company, to me they're still the best promotion.
3: Oof. So if you ask me today, like, on this day, um, I would have to say WWE, because I feel like as the year started, AW was on top, everything was riding high, and WWE was very down low, but as the year went by, obviously, AEW kind of took a little bit of a downhill, and WWE just kind of keeps on going up, and to me, like, they still produce the best shows, Wrestlemania, come on, we, we didn't even talk about, like, Stone Cold Steve Austin wrestled for the first time in, like, what, 20 years, and, and Cody Rhodes had this amazing return, all these, like, amazing yep. moments, and, and the wrestling they have. I mean say they have some of the best wrestlers in the world are in WWE that's why they're there um, so I feel like in this very moment I have to go with WWE and I have kind of going into the next year, 2023 I have better expectations um, coming from the WWE side than I do AW right
0: now No, again, all fair assessments all fair assessments Well gentlemen, thank you very much for coming aboard today it's been an honor, it's been a pleasure it's been a blast if you guys want to so plug all your stuff go for it Sino, start off with you yeah, anything to promote out there?
3: with Brandon Harrington or Davey Portman um, they got a rebrand they got a new name now Poison Rana uh, check out PoisonRana.ca get all their links to their uh, their new Twitter their new Instagram their new Twitch their everything um, so check them out and uh, you know make the move over and uh, start following all our new socials and um, enjoy a lot of cool stuff ahead, had including my own show Shot in the Dark is on there I didn't even talk about that I, I Shot right? in the Dark is on that uh,
0: Poison Rana feed as
3: well <laughs>
2: so make sure you listen subscribe and like thank you
0: there you go wait
2: uh, yeah, you can follow my stuff at postwrestling dot com, uh, where we have um, you know podcasts, we have news articles, and uh, we have a lot on our YouTube channel as well. So if I'm you know if you enjoy any of this stuff, check us out youtube.com slash postwrestling as well. Um, that's kind of all I have to promote.
0: All good. You're up, Steve. Uh, yeah, so
4: if you are a fan of mine and you want to follow me on the socials, you can find me on Instagram at TNA underscore crazy, that's with two Z's, underscore Steve. Uh, Twitter is at Steve of Crazy, and of course you can see me on Impact Wrestling. Um, and if you want to buy any of my merchandise, I do have a Pro Wrestling Tees store, so it's prowrestlingtees.com slash crazysteve.
0: There you go. And for myself, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter under Finger Styles. You can follow the podcast on Twitter, the Podcast App. Email us your thoughts, suggestions, comments, anything you want to get off your chest at thepodcastdap at gmail.com. Please rewind to the top of the show. Support us, find sponsors because if it helps them, almost definitely helps me out. And most importantly, please rate, subscribe, review on all major platforms. All right. One last question, and it's geared towards way before I let everyone go. I need to know this why do you think you're so special that you could only follow one person on twitter and it's not even a person it's the post wrestling account
2: well i mean uh you know there's a reason why i didn't really give up my twitter because i i don't know how much longer i mean i'm i'm going to be on on the platform i i've always had such a Love hate relationship with it, and and I'll tell you the reason why I only follow one person. Okay, I didn't like I I like to really curate my experience, you know, when I'm using Twitter because more often than, than not, I end up having a negative impression of people that I actually like oh, I know in real life. Yeah. And I often want to unfollow yeah. them, but yeah. I mean, you know how people, you know how sensitive people get. So instead of just like, you know, dealing with that whole drama, I, I'm choosing just to not follow everybody. I do have everybody on like private lists. So I still see tweets from everybody.
0: Oh, okay. There you but go. I,
2: but I get to manage them, you know, however sure. I want. I, I mean, I, there's just no need to, to be public about, you know, so much about it. Like, all you're following this, you're following that. I mean, it's just but more harm than good
0: oh my god that's awesome on that note he's sino he's way he's steve i'm steve this is the podcast peace